This is Saving the Game, a Christian podcast about tabletop role-playing and collaborative storytelling. Recorded Thursday, January 12th of 2017, it's episode 103. In this episode, Kimmy, Chris, and Chrissy join us to discuss personal fitness, both at and away from the gaming table. Plus, a quick trip through time to discuss apocalyptic settings and systems. Welcome to Saving the Game. I'm Grant. I'm Peter. I'm Chrissy. I'm Kimmy. And this is Chris. That's a lot of voices, isn't it? Yep. <laughs> Tremendous amount of voices. So we have uh, my wife, Chrissy. We have Kimmy from Happy Jacks and a few other things. And Chris from Gamers Behaving Badly and a few other things. We'll let everybody kind of introduce themselves as we go. But we're doing kind of a special episode tonight. We're going to skip all of our usual announcements, and we're going to handle the Patreon question that we always do a little bit differently, because we're talking tonight about personal fitness and health for gamers and as a community of gamers taking care of each other. Let's go around the room and introduce everybody. Kimmy, do you want to go first? Sure, I can absolutely go first. Uh, my name is Kimmy. I'm known as Golden Lasso Girl on pretty much every social media that exists at the moment, except Pinterest, which is a really big problem for me, but that's okay. Um, I, you probably know me from the Happy Jacks RPG podcast and our actual plays there. Um, I am a producer and a player, and eventually I'll be a GM for one of our live streams eventually that just started, and you can find those at happyjacks.org slash live. Um, I am also a certified personal trainer and a part owner of a gym, so I am uh, have multiple qualifications for being here tonight. I'm very excited about that. Awesome. And do you want to plug that gym real quick? That is Nerd Strong Gym in North Hollywood, California. And even though I'm not actively coaching there at the moment, uh, I still own part of it and still have all my certifications and know stuff about it. Fair enough. Awesome. And Chris, you want to introduce yourself? I'd be happy to. Uh, my name is Chris Hussey. I am a co-host, occasional co-host on uh, Fear the Boot, but I'm also known for, I have a uh, audio dramedy series that was brief, uh, about eight episodes called Gamers Behaving Badly, uh, as well as a, a short film which was screened for the first time at Gen Con last year called It Figures, Episode 1, The Parental Menace. And I'm also currently uh, hanging out and doing an actual play with a group known as the RPG Squad, that releases episodes almost daily, and it's me and about three other guys uh, getting together and playing some Earth Dawn, which is a game that doesn't get nearly as much love. No, it does not. No, it does not, and that's a truly, truly a shame. Uh, I'm also a former uh, certified personal trainer, so mm. uh, yeah, Kimmy's got me on the edge on that for sure. High five there, though. Yeah, no kidding. And um, that doesn't mean that I haven't that I've uh, left fitness and health and general well-being behind. It's still uh, very much an active and big part of my life. If I remember correctly, you did a Fear the Boot episode a while back on fitness, right? We did. It was we did it um, a few years back, and it's funny how. And I'm sure we may end up getting into this, but it's it's funny how your opinions and. Uh, beliefs about certain things change over time as you learn more about nutrition, exercise, and fitness in general. And some of the opinions, you know, it's interesting because we, we had this conversation, uh, I had this conversation with the host and there was there was a moment when somebody was re-listening and kind of re-reviewing all of the episodes and I would go back and change a lot of my opinions. And I don't, I don't want to necessarily say recommendations, but there would be a lot in that podcast that I probably would have a different opinion about today. <laughs> and we may end up getting into some of those things uh, as we go forth here. So. 
Awesome. And sharing a mic with me, which is why I sound so very distant, is... Hi, I'm Chrissy. I am obviously Grant's wife. I am a stay-at-home mom, a licensed Zumba instructor, although I haven't been able to teach much because I got pregnant right after I got my license and have been doing the mom thing, and a gym rat whenever I can make it there with two small children. Also training for a Spartan race. And, And I am hoping to run a Spartan sprint this year and maybe a Spartan super. Nice. That's super impressive. Good on you. I'm going to be encouraging Chrissy to talk whenever she will or can because she keeps telling me she's mic shy. We'll see how this goes. (laughs) So that's everybody and Peter and me. We're some slubs, whatever. Yeah. Like I said, we're going to be talking about a lot of things tonight. So we're going to skip over the Patreon question. In fact, I'm going to throw that right now over to future Grant and Peter. All right. Thanks, past Grant. What's the actual question? Well, let's roll and find out, shall we? Yeah, let's. Rolled a one. Sorry. Uh, So this one comes from Doug Hagler again. What game system would you choose for a post-apocalyptic campaign? What kinds of things would you be looking for in a post-apocalyptic RPG? Supernatural elements, resource management, gritty realism, something that is similar to a favorite piece of post-apocalyptic media, like Walking Dead, Fury Road, etc.? Ah, interesting question. I am not a huge fan of the genre in general, but I think if I were doing something like that, resource management would be a key part of the game. Yeah, I agree. I do have a specific piece of post-apocalyptic media that I really like. Uh, That is The Book of Eli. Really good movie with uh, Denzel Washington and Gary Oldman in the two leading roles. You really should watch it if you haven't. That was not directed specifically to you, Grant, but to everybody who can hear my voice right now. <laughs> sure, sure. <laughs> so what what would you use to play that game? That one is interesting because uh, I want to talk about why I like the movie and some of the things that make it work, but I would have to get into spoiler territory for it. Right. So and, and, the, and the, really, the resource- we all understand the idea of post-apocalyptic. Yeah. The, the resource management thing would probably be good. You would need some rules for people to have abilities beyond just pure gritty realism in that movie, right? There's There are some things that go on in there that, once the spoilers have happened, kind of strain your ability to believe them. I, I think there's some symbolic value to some of those things in the movie, and it works, but you wouldn't want to use the same system for modeling the road, for instance. Uh-huh. Uh, I would say probably something that, that allows for... Some nerd troping, but not a whole lot. Um, eh, maybe like a Savage Worlds or even a GURPS or something uh, at lower point levels. Uh, you could probably get away with a lot of the narrative systems like uh, Fate, for instance, as well, and it would work out just fine. Mm-hmm. A drama system might be interesting if you really wanted to simulate the Book of Eli because of the way that the characters interact in that. Right. I was kind of thinking GURPS myself. And that's just to get the gritty realism plus whatever nerd trope stuff I want to put into this game. Well, and the thing that's nice about GURP specifically is that it has rules for literally everything. So Mm -hmm. you can track exactly what you want to track. I'm sure there's rules in there for non-traditional economies and stuff. I haven't looked into that, but it seems like it would be a very good fit for post-apocalyptic. Now, one game that I can recommend in this genre is Red Markets. It's by 
one of the role-playing public radio guys, but I cannot okay. recall exactly who wrote it. I'll, I'll put a link to it in the show notes. And I apologize. I, I heard an actual play of it. The idea is that it's a post-apocalyptic setting with zombies where you're still having to pay for everything. Okay. And so you have to haggle to get a job. And as you go out and do some sort of mission, you are trying to pick up extra resources along the way, but that's kind of an investment in and of itself. And you are actually paying against your earnings on the job in order to restock. Huh. It's got this abstract, but still very kind of point managey economy going on. Okay, these are your supplies, right? Or you just have ammo. It's kind of a generic tracker, but it's still a lot of, oh, this is going to cost me. Oh, man, I'm not sure this is worth it. And, and is it worth it for me to expend this effort? That sounds like it would be perfect for modeling dying light specifically. Uh, well, and I think it's it's very obviously influenced by The Walking Dead. Okay, sure. Uh, Dying Light is another zombie one, but it's there seems to be a lot of that kind of resource stuff in there. Mm -hmm. There's a particular drug in that game that's used to kind of keep the zombie infection symptoms at bay on people who've been bitten. And mm -hmm. there's a it's kind of this closed off city. So the resources are kind of slowly dwindling. And it's there's a lot of I, I haven't finished that game by any stretch of the imagination, but there's a lot of elements in there where it seems like that would model that particular style of apocalypse very, very well. There you go. So that's maybe a specific system for a specific setting. Beyond that, eh, gurps and be gritty and grindy and make people feel it. That's my recommendation. The um, the other way that you can go with post-apocalyptic, if you want to, is you can go a little bit more Fallout rather than gurps. Which is interesting because Fallout was originally going to be made in GURPS, and there's a whole fascinating story about that, and Steve Jackson pulled the um, system support after seeing some of the stuff in the uh, the intro of the first Fallout game, and there's this feeling to the Fallout universe where you do start out in kind of this gritty, grindy thing, and at some point you cross this threshold of personal advancement where you become kind of a force in the world, and you can start changing it because the world has been depopulated and, you know, is kind of ruined. There's not a lot of societies in place and you can start kind of moving towards that again particularly since they switched to the huh, really all the games after the first one i would say are really kind of about rebuilding civilization in some way so if you were going to do that i think i would go for something more like savage worlds where you you start kind of hitting a threshold of awesome at some point because you'll need it to get that stuff done that's true well, I think now's as good a time as any to throw it back to past selves and see what we can do there. Sounds good to me. All right. Past guys, take it away. And that would be the end of the Patreon question. Yes. yes. Frankly, I think we knocked that out of the park. That was awesome. That was a great <laughs> question, though. That's not an easy yeah. one to deal with. I was pretty impressed with how you guys handled that. Yeah, I, I was thank amazed. You. Thank you. Yeah. It feels like our best work so far. Yeah. All right, so let's jump right into our scripture and then really get started talking about this, because we have a lot of voices we want to hear from, obviously. Peter, do you want to start us off? Sure. This is Proverbs 16.3. Commit to the Lord whatever you do, and he will establish your plans. And we have Isaiah chapter 40, verse 31. But those who hope in the Lord will renew their strength. They will soar on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not be faint. This is Colossians 3.23. Whatever you do, work at with all your heart as working for the Lord, not for human masters. And finally, we have Philippians chapter 2, verses 1 to 4. 
Therefore, if you have any encouragement from being united with Christ, if any comfort from his love, if any common sharing in the Spirit, if any tenderness and compassion, then make my joy complete by being like-minded, having the same love, being one in spirit and of one mind. Do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit. Rather, in humility, value others above yourselves, not looking to your own interests, but each of you to the interests of the others. So, Peter and I have been wanting to do this for a while, and we actually reached out to Kimmy and Chris and Chrissy back before the new year, I think before Thanksgiving even. Yeah. Trying to plan this out, because we've wanted for a while to do something positive for our listeners directly. You know, we give a lot of advice, and it's very easy to talk about what people should do, but it's still sort of secondhand in a lot of ways. And in a sense, this is us wanting to give our listeners uh, some positive, direct benefit and give back to you in a more direct way. And plus, this is the beginning of the year when a lot of people are trying to make changes in their lives, so this seemed timely to us to do it around this time. Absolutely. Now, this is going to be aimed, I think, a little more at those of us who are more out of shape than in shape, if only because that's what I really need. So yeah. we'll see how that <laughs> I feel goes. In that. <laughs> but I'm hoping that those of you who already have good habits will hear something that maybe gets you over a particular plateau or hurdle that you're suffering from. And of course, those of you who are really in shape and physically fit, we'd love to hear your feedback and advice for others in the comments. That would be fantastic. So, shall we? Absolutely. Let's go and, for it. Yeah, All right. let's do this. Now, the one thing <laughs> I need to say before we really get into this, none of us know you particularly well personally. None of us are medical professionals. None of us are your personal trainers. So we're going to be talking about some general advice and giving some specific things in some cases, but you know you and the people you work with know you and your doctors know you. We don't. Before beginning any exercise plan, talk to medical professionals, talk to somebody who's you know going to give you advice directly and know yourself better than we do, please. All right. Why exercise? Like, what are the general benefits? That's a really good question. <laughs> Is that rhetorical? Are you answering that? <laughs> no, no. I, I want to hear it in your own words. Tell me. Kimmy, you want to go first or you want... Uh... No, go ahead. Okay. Um, I think if you look at what human beings as, you know, as we're built, kind of what we're designed to do, the things that most of us do in our lives, the tremendous amount of sitting, the tremendous amount of staring at one thing for large, you know, large stretches of the day. This is not necessarily what we're really built for. We are a mobile species. We get around on our feet. We're meant to walk. We're meant to climb. We're meant to just be moving. And so being designed that way, that's just something that we naturally should be trying to do. And unfortunately, that's not necessarily society-wise what we do. And while that's all well and good, we have to make sure that we are still taking care of that original purpose, you know, of our bodies or the things that our bodies are built for. And so we have to pay attention to that. So it is good to make sure that you do get some minimum motion in during the day uh, and that you are not in one particular posture for most of the day. You know, your body can go in all manner of angles uh, and directions and you should take it that way. And that is a thing that benefits in my opinion, both mind and body, because as you do that, you're engaging different parts of your brain as opposed to the parts of your brain that you're engaged while you're at your job or while you're just simply being social with other people. 
there are areas in your body that do need that type of exercise uh, in your head. Making sure that you get some sort of exercise in is really a whole body benefit, both uh, mental and physical. Yeah, absolutely. I think there's also kind of the, the ripple effect that exercise brings to your life and how it benefits all aspects of your life. Um, you know, Chrissy was talking about playing with her kids. You know, if you're in better shape physically, like you're able to enjoy those other things that really enrich your life and kind of like bring that extra fullness to your soul too. You know, you're able to maybe walk around at Disneyland with your family or, you know, maybe go on a hike and things like that. Things that if you're not in, you know, at least fairly good physical shape can be really daunting tasks that you might be worried and you might turn down. You know, suddenly if you just start adding a bit of physical activity to your life are much more manageable and just really can enrich everything. And I personally have noticed that since I've started being more active and doing more, Not only has my mood improved, but it's kind of hard to hate yourself and hate your body when you and your body are in it and working together and you're getting to know it through exercise. Yeah. Well, no, that's that's actually that's a that's a very solid point in the sense Absolutely. that yeah, you become very familiar with what your body is capable of doing, what it's not capable of doing, and how to get to that point where you may be able to do those certain things. I remember, you know, you, you talk about being active with your kids. I remember specifically one of kind of, and I'm not, I don't know if I'm not jumping ahead here, but one of my kind of awakening moments in that sense was when I was helping one of my, or one of our first kids learn how to ride a bike. And of course you have to run along with them as they're going. <laughs> and yeah. that wasn't necessarily the easiest thing for me to do. I wasn't necessarily overweight, but my my endurance level, my cardiovascular right. endurance was in the crapper. I couldn't make it half the block on the bike um, without really starting to heave and you know have my face change colors. And so uh-huh. even though you may not necessarily be overweight, there are aspects of your body that probably could certainly use some more attention in that regards. And so then it leads once you get into once you get into it, just like you were saying, Chrissy, you get this bigger appreciation for what your body is capable of doing. That's actually, I think, a good segue into goals. One of the things that I think trips a lot of people up when they are starting exercise, and this tripped me up year after year for a very long time, is setting achievable and personal goals. Uh You know, for me, this is going to sound incredibly stupid, okay? But this is legitimately what got me worrying about my health and exercising. I was browsing Reddit and saw, you know, that classic scene of Forrest Gump sitting at the bus stop in his suit. Somebody had captured it. Life is like a box of chocolates. It doesn't last as long for fat people. Wow. Yeah, and it was brutal. Yeah. And it hit me right in the gut. And I'm like, yeah, I should do something about that. Yeah. And of course, the other thing was, you know, not being able to keep up with a three-year-old running across the yard. (laughs) I'm not morbidly obese, but I, I don't have a history of exercising. I have a history of sitting in class and then sitting at a desk job all day. And right. I've never bothered to build that up. And I, I'm really feeling those effects now. Yeah. And so for me, setting a, a goal was critical because I knew I'd give up on it if it wasn't the right goal. Yeah, that's a huge point. And I think I think I love that you included the word achievable. My catalyst for starting to really get into fitness a few years ago was I'd already started cosplaying. I'd been active for my whole life. I've always been on teams. I was like varsity and a bunch of stuff in high school. Then, you know, I went to college and then I got my first teaching job and suddenly I was sitting around a lot more. Um, And I was uh, cosplaying Wonder Woman and I put a picture on Twitter 
And someone replied with, wow, I guess Wonder Woman found the buffet. So, uh, yeah, that's welcome to Ouch. the internet. Yeah. yeah no, <laughs> so, unfortunately, <laughs> that's the internet for you. <laughs> yeah, totally the internet. Um, and so I was like kind of prepared for that. But that one in particular, I don't know why that one tweet just like really like it sort of was my Forrest Gump on the bench moment. <laughs> and I kind of looked at it and I was like, honestly, and like Chris was talking about, I started like really reflecting on what I was able to do physically. You know, I mean, as gamers, we always are like, all right, so if, you know, the house is attacked by goblins or it's the, zo- you know, the zombies come, like, what what am I able to do? And uh, I realized I was not able to do a lot of things I used to do. And that was sort of a, a big wake-up moment for me. So, yeah, I, I feel it's important to find measurable goals, and this is something that most physical trainers and uh, personal trainers will tell you. So a lot of people tend to go off of things like weight, but mm-hmm. weight, fluctu- weight fluctuates a lot based on food you're intaking, how much sodium you've had, you know, how much water you've had, the weather, whether you're retaining water. So that's a, a hard measure to actually be accurate with. So my personal goals and the things I like to – I don't know if I'm jumping like to the point too quickly. I'm sorry. No, no. Okay. Uh, I like to measure my fitness by what I'm able to do. And that does fluctuate a bit day to day. But if I have a certain time that I run the mile in, if I, a month later I measure that and it's better, that's, a, that's about as scientific a measurement as you can get mm-hmm. in physical fitness. So generally that's something that I kind of – try and when I work with people or if I have clients, that's something I try and make for their physical goals, at least, as far as their abilities and working out. See, and I think that that is an excellent point. I I do agree with you that a lot of times the scale is a very easy target for people to look at. You know, I want to lose X number of pounds in X, in X amount of time. And it can be very difficult to accomplish that task because of all of the reasons that Kimmy was talking about. And Basing it off of things that you can do, like, oh, I can now touch my toes where I couldn't touch my toes three months ago. I can now right. lift X amount of weights when I couldn't do that before. Or I can lift X amount of weights this number of repetitions. Or I can run the mile in this particular time. Or I can move this stretch of distance and I can still carry on a conversation at the end of that stretch of distance. Those types of things mean a lot more, really, in my opinion, than dropping 10 pounds because as you accomplish those goals that weight is going to drop anyway and then sometimes depending upon the type of exercise that you do your weight might not necessarily go down you might be trading fat for muscle and so your weight may not change but yet you're still getting healthier because of what you're doing and so if you focus too much on that it can it can really mess with your head and i think that that kind of leads into the other part of goals in regards to this the keyword achievable. Uh-huh. So be realistic and don't beat yourself up for starting smaller than you think maybe you should. Absolutely. Um, because then it allows you to get that success and feel the sensation of, hey, I did this. Let's now pick the next goal in line. Yeah. But at the same time, it's very important to cut yourself some slack if you don't make that goal. If you can't touch your toes after two months of doing yoga, you should not berate yourself because, by the way, you just did yoga for two months. So yeah. <laughs> yeah. let's let's focus on the fact that you did that, that you changed a habit in yourself and take some pride in that. Yes, you didn't make your goal. Yes, that's unfortunate. But 
let's keep going and don't beat yourself up because we are always are going to be our worst critics. Even as brutal as the the Twitter reply that that Kimmy got or the or the image that you saw on Reddit, you're going to treat yourself much worse than that. And you really have to work against that and try and make sure that you're focusing on the positive aspects of what it is that you are indeed accomplishing. But yes. goals are important to have. Yeah, absolutely. A friend of mine uh, was talking about goals for the new year, um, and she's lost 80 pounds. She's a Zumba instructor. She's actually the one who got me into Zumba, and she's just this amazing, bright little ball of energy. And she said, the thing about saying, I'm going to lose 10 pounds, is that you've given yourself an end point for once you get there, you can stop being healthy. And that is self-defeating because you'll you'll work and you'll lose, and you're like, I've lost 10 pounds. I can quit now. And then you'll gain it back. Whereas if you say, I'm going to walk more every day or I'm going to eat better, that's a lifestyle change that you carry through forever. Yeah. And that's especially important here at the new year when people are thinking in terms of resolutions and what am I aiming for this year. Picking those goals is important. Peter and I used to do a bonus episode every year of New Year's resolutions. We didn't do that this year, in part because fitness was always on there, and we never lived up to it, and we were doing this (laughs) instead. But it seemed like it was the same goals over and over, because they weren't necessarily the right goals. Also, Mm -hmm. it was a little self-absorbed for a podcast, and, you know, not all that interesting. But that was part of the problem, was the fact that we just kept repeating it over and over, because we kept not doing them, because they weren't the correct goals to really move us forward. Right. And... I wanted to jump in real quickly and say, I'm glad you're talking about this kind of goal setting, because one of the the ones that I personally have is I used to have a much more physical job than I currently do. Mm-hmm. I used to be the shipping and receiving manager for a bookstore, and now I work in IT. So I've lost a lot of like useful physical prowess. You know, I'm not as strong as I used to be. I, I've noticed some of that, and it's just like, I kind of want to get that back. I liked having the ability to just pick heavy stuff up and walk around without getting winded. And I think maybe trying to get something back is an okay goal too, I guess, is where I'm coming around to on this. Oh, sure. I mean, how many people, you know, start a physical therapy regimen because they've lost major motor function or they've had an injury that getting health back is just as important as getting what you never had in the first place. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, I think that's especially true for, like you said, people who've had injuries, people who've had surgeries and had to be inactive for a while. So it's really important, especially if you are in a situation similar to that, that you do uh, speak with your doctors, especially knee problems, knee surgeries are something that sometimes it's really easy to undo a lot of great work and undo all the surgery if you're not careful. And so please make sure, especially with any joints specifically, if you're going to start a new fitness regime, you talk to people who really know what they're talking about. Because I've worked with some people who had knee surgeries and then, you know, joined a CrossFit gym that didn't necessarily watch them very carefully and blew their knees out again. Mm. So please, please be careful if you're in a situation similar to that. I'm not saying don't work out, but talk to your doctor and find a place that will go slow and work with you because they are out there. Oh, yeah. And that becomes even more important as you age, by the way. Um, <laughs> my right knee is in extremely bad shape, and it's through it is because of injuries that I've had in the past. And so as, as much as like my mind and heart want to get back up to where I used to be, what I used to be able to deadlift, I know that I can't do that without, you know, perhaps shooting my leg across the gym floor. So 
you know, it's you you have to again. This comes back to a perspective and looking at things in a, in a proper way, um, yeah. and being comfortable with the fact that you may not be able to necessarily do certain things that you would, but that shouldn't prevent you from doing something. Right, and yeah, I always when I'm working with people, I always, well, yes, it's as human beings, we look back on our like. Oh, that's what I looked like in high school. That's what I was like in college. We do have that tendency to, you know, want to relive our glory days or at least our skinnier days. I, I always encourage people to move, to start where you are. You're starting now. So whatever you're able to do right now, this is your starting point. Don't work to get back to what you were, you know, years ago. Even myself as a trainer who's been on, you know, incredibly strict diets and, you know, lifted hundreds of pounds and things like that. Like I'm never going to make it back to 16 as much as I'd like that. You know, so start where you are now. Measure what you can do. It can you, you know, take your dog for a walk around the block. Great. Okay. So make your goal by the end of the month you can do two blocks. Something like that. And then this is your starting point, measure what you're able to do in the future. Compare that to where you are right now. Don't compare it to where you were before. I was going to mention something about knee injuries, but I think it's been pretty well covered. Okay. Like, But I will say, oh, this topic of knee injuries and such, if it feels uncomfortable or if you feel something is pulling or painful, stop immediately because one exercise is not worth giving up months of exercise because I destroyed my knee because I wasn't listening to my body. Yeah. And like, I've had a lot of work to get back almost to where I was two years ago. Yeah. Yeah. And while you're working out, you just listen to your body. There's a difference between the, quote, pain of working hard and actual physical pain. And burning is good. Pain is yeah, bad. Exactly. <laughs> if you're feeling tired or your muscles are feeling tired, uh, you know, that's one thing. But if you're, you're, like, knee is hurting, if your elbow is hurting while you're doing a movement, like a repetitive movement, that's a problem and you need to stop. Yep. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Any kind of like sharp burning ripping sensation, that's very bad. Yeah. That's <laughs> yes, super bad. Yes. <laughs> Seek help. And, and yeah. that's the other thing. Treat injury. And we're going to talk about injury yeah. in a bit, but this is worth mentioning. Don't let injuries sit untreated because that makes it so much worse and so much harder to deal with. Absolutely. And it's tempting to do that when it's like, yeah, I just kind of heard it at the gym. It'll be fine. Yeah. Don't do nope. that. Nope. <laughs> All right, that's a really good foundation for everything else we're going to talk about going forward. So thank you. I want to start talking about everyday exercise. Before we even talk about the gym at all, there's a lot of what I would call unfocused exercise that we can just kind of fit into our day. Mm -hmm. I saw a wonderful statistic somewhere that people who fidget at their desk burn about 400 calories more than people who don't over the course of a day. Wow. That's need, a lot of calories. I need to start mm -hmm. fidgeting. That's <laughs> <laughs> a lot of fidgeting, yeah. <laughs> but it, it was a fascinating statistic because it's just one of those little things, like, like a little tick can just burn and help so much through the day. Getting up and walking. Uh, Chris, you started, when we just started talking about this, talking about getting up. Yeah. Sit, you know, getting away from the desk. It is. I mean, even something as simple as, and just so you know, this, this affects relatively healthy slash focused people just as much as it affects people who haven't even thought about doing this. You don't realize how long you're sitting at your desk or how long you're sitting on your couch or how long you're sitting in front of your computer playing video games. And before you know it, two or three hours passes. I mean, we talk about it all the time. Oh my gosh, I was playing this game and I looked, I looked at my watch and it was three in the morning and uh -huh. I hadn't moved. 
And that's that's not a good thing. And so even something as simple as every 20 to 30 minutes, get up, walk around for five minutes, get some circulation going in your body, change your scenery, change what you're looking at, change your vision, moving around, even like waving your arms around. Like what I will do when I'm at work at my desk, I get up and I walk around our floor is rectangular as far as the hallway is concerned. So I will walk one or two laps around the hallway. I'm just walking like normal. I may wave my arms around. I may stretch during that time as I'm walking, just my stretch my upper body, put my arms in different positions above my head, whatnot. And this is all just to get my body moving in a different direction than it had been for the past half hour. You know, and then I'll go back down and, and you know, commence uh, a lots of left mouse button clicking. So... <laughs> Something even just as simple as that is good for circulation. Um, it's good for moving around and using other postural muscles. And that's something you should pay attention to, by the way, when you're uh, walking. Check your posture. Are you standing properly erect? Are you hunched over slightly like you do when you drive? Which is another place where you can check your posture, as well as when you're sitting. Check how you're sitting. Sit yourself straighter up. Loosen. Take some pressure off your abdomen. Um, and let your organs that are in there that were just getting squished because you're sitting hunched over, let them stretch, let them breathe, let them have that space that they deserve. Do this every so often just to give yourself a better feel for, um, or just to change things up in your body, basically. I just gave myself three more inches sitting here at the microphone. Exactly. <laughs> and, and that's the thing is, you know, as soon as you say to someone, you know, if you say sit up straight, check your posture, people, it's almost like, it's almost like yawning. You see someone yawn, you start yawning. Mm -hmm. But yeah, if you see, if you mention something about posture, people will automatically start to kind of sit up and straighten themselves out, the, you know, chest out, um, shoulders back, that kind of thing. Um, and that's good. You should do that. Yeah. Um, there's a bunch of fabulous, I mean, like, you know, we all know about Fitbits, trainers, uh, you know, little gizmos like that are really great for helping track that during the day. You know, I had one of the little ones that looks like a Tamagotchi, uh, <laughs> you know, before, and I used that. And uh, I got one of the new charge ones for Christmas this year. And even like I have a desk job. Um, I work at a school, so I'm up a lot. But even that has made me incredibly aware of when I'm getting up. And there's certain times of the day I do a lot of walking during, you know, recess supervision, stuff like that. If that you're the kind of person that those things work for you, use it. Like your phone has GPS in it. It can help you track how often you're walking and where you're going. And in addition to doing that throughout the day, find like one thing a day that you can do. And it can be at work if you want to, you know, go out for a walk on your lunch break. You know, you take your dog for a walk, take your kids to the playground and make sure you're walking while, you know, don't sit on the bench while they're playing. Make sure you're moving around with them, play catch with them, something like that. Go play Pokemon Go, you know, whatever it is. Find something in addition to walking around during the day, you know, at work and making sure you're getting those movement breaks that will just kind of get you going and, you know, making it work. My sister-in-law is a belly dancer and she practices her isolations at red lights when she's driving nice. somewhere. Because That's awesome. she's, it's something she can do sitting down. And so whenever she's stopped in the car, she's doing isolations and small movements and training her muscles. Yeah. One thing I wanted to throw in real quick here, if you're having difficulty keeping yourself reminded of the fact that you need to get out of your chair during the day, if you're at a desk job or something, if you hydrate a lot, your bladder will remind you for you. <laughs> yeah, oh, we're going to be talking about hydration because that's a problem I have too. Don't be afraid to just set a little alarm on your phone to go off every 45 minutes, half hour, yeah. hour, whatever it is. Set your phone on vibrate. 
Nobody has to know that you've got your be healthy reminder if you're feeling mm-hmm. self-conscious about it. Just a little something to say, hey, get up. You know, uh-huh. you have mm-hmm. your iCalendar or your Google Calendar or whatever phone it is, right? Whatever works for you. Just some little prod that says, hey, interrupt your schedule, interrupt your focus, do this real Put quick. Put a sticky note on your computer reminder and whenever you see it, go, oh, I should do something. If that works yeah. for you. Um, little things can add up. You can park further away in the parking lot. And walk a little bit more. You can take stairs instead of an elevator. You take the long way when you walk to something. I had a goal that I was sticking to for a while until I had some health issues of never touch an elevator. Because I park in a parking garage and then I work in a a building that has an elevator and it was just, all right, stairs only. It's that easy. Yeah. Mm -hmm. GMs, since this is a a gaming podcast, (laughs) at least nominally... Build in breaks and stand up, be a little more active at the table. That's always good. And stand up, stretch, walk around the table, do something like that. Uh-huh. Relate, related to that, too, by the way, if you decide to have snacks, you know, at your gaming session, nothing wrong uh-huh. with that. Put them at a different table and just basically forbid those snacks from being brought over to the gaming table. Doesn't mean they can't have them, but if they want some, they have to go up to that table, walk there grab a handful of, you know, and since we're talking about health, of course they're going to grab a handful of, you know, baby carrots or celery <laughs> sticks or, you know, some other sort of fruit or something. Um, but but they can't, they can't have the bag sitting in front of them because then that now forces your players to occasionally get up to do it and they have to really want it at that point yeah. too. And, mm-hmm. and it builds in a little bit of that habit or even some of that self-control so you're not necessarily mindlessly snacking uh, while you're playing the game. The worst thing that ever happens to me is having candy or something like that within reach. Oh, Oh. yeah. Yeah. It's so hard. It's a bag of chips while I'm reading. Mm. Like I start out to get a handful of chips and then I'm scraping crumbs off the bottom because I'm so (laughs) engrossed in the book. I just my hand keeps moving and I'm not even paying attention. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I have a lot to talk about on this, especially like my worst time is during games. <laughs> so, but I'll, we can save it for like the diet section of, yeah. of sure. this discussion. Yeah, we're we're all going to be jumping around because this is all interrelated. <laughs> yeah, Th- yes. that's it is. important. None of this happens in isolation. Yeah. All right. We've talked a bit about this unfocused exercise, just being <laughs> more active during the day, finding excuses to move more. But when everyone thinks fitness, they're thinking the gym or focused exercise, running, jogging, weightlifting, biking, canoeing, whatever it is. Mm-hmm. Let's talk about that, because that is important, and that provides real benefits. Yeah. But I think there are a lot of misconceptions, especially among people who are not healthy and not familiar with that environment. Right. Just jumping right out the gate. You know, when you think exercise, everybody has, like, that 24-hour fitness, like, like nightmare of, like, <laughs> the bros and the jocks, like, do you even lift bro? You don't have to think of focused exercise as that. Um, You know, Christy was talking about her friend who does belly dancing. That is a ton of exercise. I have friends who do LARP and do sword fighting at their LARPs, and that's a ton of exercise. So finding something that's focused exercise, it can be a martial arts class. It can be a dance class. For me, the thing I absolutely fell in love with was heavy weightlifting. So, you know, while that is like in the category of traditional fitness It's a little bit odd for a woman to be like standing there lifting 315 pounds and trying to lift more. Oh, I love weights. I know. They're the best, right? I know. Um, 
So find that thing <laughs> that you really love and enjoy and look forward to. Like I find myself like a really stressful day at work. I cannot wait to get to the bar. And I have to make sure I'm including some other things in there. But find the thing that you look forward to. And to be clear, that's the weight bar, right? <laughs> yes, the weight bar. Sorry. Okay. Yes. <laughs> you know, the other one applies sometimes. But yeah. yes, the, the, the bar that I put the weights on. Yeah. Um, I figured bar was better than rack because that sounds worse. No, okay, but, uh, <laughs> you know, that, that it does bring up one thing I want to introduce real quick, though. I think mm-hmm. sometimes there's... Um, and this is true of every subculture, right? Our gaming mm-hmm. culture has this as well. There's a subculture knowledge and subculture language that I think makes people nervous. And especially right. because they're doing something they're physically uncomfortable with. Mm-hmm. It can be hard to get into that at first. Like, bar? What? You, what bar? Rack? Bar? Huh? What? <laughs> yeah. Hit? What's a hit class? <laughs> yeah, yeah, exa- yeah, really, no kidding. Or what is uh, what is LIS? What is LIS cardio? I have no idea mm-hmm. what that means. You know, that. Right. What, what are you trying to tell me? Not only is the terminology in- intimidating, but it's, you know, what exactly should I even do? Right. As far as, you know, oh, okay, I'm going to go into the weight room area of the gym I have no idea. Should I focus on one muscle group? Should I do entire upper body? Should I do full body, you know, upper lower split? And even that, so what kind of rep range, what kind of weight range should we be looking at? You know, all of those kinds of things that can be extremely intimidating. And, you know, this is where, and Kimmy, I know, is going to have much more to say about this than I do, but this is where the people at the gym, this is what their their job is. It's not necessarily a personal training session, but right. uh, don't feel bad about asking them, saying, can you please explain this equipment to me? Can you even show me how to work this kind of stuff? And they might even be able to offer some basic advice, you know, um, don't use this machine for, you know, more than this many number of reps, that kind of thing. But at least it gives you an idea of how that stuff works and what might be a good starting point so you can at least go back home, maybe do some research and kind of learn a little bit on your own and on your own time. A hundred percent. Yeah, absolutely. Don't be afraid of asking questions. Like every fitness person from the, the new person walking into Planet Fitness for the first time to Arnold Schwarzenegger, like we all started knowing nothing. So asking those questions and and using that learning curve, like like do it. Don't commit to something before you know what it is. Like a lot of gyms and a lot of classes make a lot of money on, oh, you'll love it. You come to the first class and then you sign up for 15 classes and then you never go back for your second one. Yeah, we have a horror story about that. (laughs) Right. So, you know, when you go try something, you know, try it, let it kind of sit with you for a few days and then try another one. You might end up paying more per class for a while, but in the long run, you may save money. Um, I did that with like a kickboxing class. Like I was like, oh, I'm totally going to love this. I love Wonder Woman and cosplaying Wonder Woman. So kickboxing is going to be my thing. Yeah, totally not my thing. And you can find a gym that will do a free trial. First class yeah. is free. Like Zumba is in charge. Your first class is free. Every studio in the upstate, your first class is free. Yep. And so you yeah. can go in, you can meet the instructors, you can take a class, you can see what you think about it, and then usually they'll offer like a punch card so you can just buy three or four classes and see what you think mm-hmm. before yeah. you commit to a monthly. And any good gym will give you a free trial and let you see what the facility's like. And a lot of them will have like, I know our gym has a ladies manager and her entire job is to help you succeed. Do you have yeah. questions about nutrition? Stop by her desk. She will 
ask you about what you're eating and help you with nutrition. Do you have a goal? Stop by her desk. She will tell you how to get your goal. She'll tell you how to use the equipment. She'll do a body assessment with you. And it's included because successful people keep coming to the gym. Our first trip to a gym, seriously, as a, as a couple, was to one of those $10 a month kind of gyms. Mm-hmm. And it was not a bad gym in terms of equipment or anything like that. But, you know, we were like, okay, well, let's do an assessment. Well, their assessment was work you as hard as possible so you feel oh. terrible and sign up for all the programs while you're feeling sick and feel like you're useless. Yeah, that's not That's good. a sign of a bad gym. Yeah, the trainer using... nah. literally pushed Grant until he threw up and oh. me until my muscles fail and I failed and I collapsed. And then they told us how fat we and out of shape we were. And then they showed us the dotted line. And we were getting <laughs> ready to get married and we, you know, wanted to get in shape and lose weight for the wedding. So of course we signed up. And yeah. Then, Ugh. They assigned us a trainer, and then he quit, and they never told us, and they gave us another trainer, and then they fired him, and then they never canceled our membership. Yeah. And the gym horror stories are real, but the good ones yeah. stick around and are incredibly valuable resources. So if you yeah. run into a bad situation, keep looking, please. Yeah, yeah. And, and I say that to say this, like, after my first assessment at our current gym, I went home to Grant and I said, I finally know what a good personal trainer is like mm-hmm. because the personal trainer s- didn't stop me when I hit muscle failure. He stopped me as soon as I lost form. Yes. That is that is the gospel right there for, yeah. for working out. <laughs> like if you're pushed to the point where your form is bad, you're going to hurt yourself. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So any good trainer, any good coach, any good anybody, the minute your form starts degrading, that's when they'll stop you. Yeah. I do want to plug the idea of personal trainers. And, you know, Chris, obviously you've got some experience in this department. Kimmy, you as well. I have never had more success at the gym than when I was working with a personal trainer. And for a very long time, I resisted that because Mm -hmm. I'm A, miserly, and B, I am introverted and shy in one-on-one situations, whereas Mm -hmm. in a crowd, I'm totally fine. I do a podcast without feeling self-conscious. When introducing guests and saying, hi, thanks for joining us, I feel incredibly awkward. (laughs) I'm just that kind of person. So one-on-one seemed really weird. When it comes to trainers like that, you can, because you're not necessarily alone in feeling that way. A lot of people do that. And so, and this goes back to the whole thing with gyms. Ask around in regards to trainers. Keep shopping. It's like looking for the auto garage, auto shop that's not going to cheat you. You just mm-hmm. have to kind of keep going at it until you find a personal trainer that, A, you have a good experience with that like you talked about, Chrissy. But then also a lot of trainers, too, they, they usually can be aware of the situation. And so they might offer a paired training for you and a partner because there's there's a lot of benefits to having a training partner, I mean, outside of your personal trainer. Mm-hmm. Um, so they may offer paired fitness like that or even uh, possibly small group type of activities where you can be just part of a group and that can help deal with some of that uh, self-consciousness that, that you may often have if you're just kind of starting out. Yep. The guy I'm working with right now, his big thing, just because I like to know what I'm doing, he very carefully explains what's going on in terms of anatomy when we're doing exercises. Mm-hmm. You know, so it's this joint, it's this muscle, and you're doing it in this way because of the way this tendon works. And that's intellectually fascinating. It keeps me focused, whereas other trainers are just like, just do it this way. Yeah, I think that's really important. You really, as a as someone who's looking to get into exercising, need to think about what motivates you. 
There are people who are motivated by competition and challenges. There are people who are motivated by social connections. So you have to kind of pair what you want to do and what motivates you with what kind of exercise you want to try and do. So people who are motivated by competitive situations might do, might do better, um, you know, with a more competitive trainer in a larger class or, you know, with multiple people in the group. You know, people who are motivated by social things, sometimes a, a group fitness class that's a little bit more easygoing but very supportive, it, you know, will be what really motivates you and really works for you. For me, a lot of it is uh, the peer pressure. <laughs> like I work best in social situations where there's somebody expecting me to be there. And I think that's why personal training and class training, if it's a class where the trainer knows you, well, I think that's why those are very effective often. Because, you know, if I know it's going to be noticed that I'm not there today, I'm much more likely to go, you know, get up in the morning and show up at 6 a.m. If I know I'm going to, you know, hey, hey, Kimmy, where were you yesterday? Like when I go tomorrow. So I think that is something that's really motivating too. Mm, absolutely. I am, of course, a big proponent of group fitness. <laughs> <laughs> uh, a lot of us joke that Zumba is the gateway drug to fitness because <laughs> you start out, you find a, find a group fitness class that is super fun, that you enjoy doing. And then, you know, once you start building up some endurance, you can try other things and feel more confident because you've already started moving and laying the groundwork. And there are so many different kinds of group fitness classes. You can find what speaks to you. I love Zumba, but I also love HIT, which is high intensity interval training. And they're super challenging and they're super hard. But at the end of it, as you're lying in a puddle of your sweat, you feel so accomplished because you've worked as hard as you can work. And everyone in the class is at a different level and everyone's best is different. And that's okay. And the other thing I like about group fitness is you don't have to think. Like someone has planned your <laughs> workout for you and they hit everything and you don't have to know everything when you go in. Yeah. I know when I go to hit camp at my gym, we're going to do 30 minutes of high intensity interval and cardio, and then we're going to do a full body weight workout. Yes, in a group fitness class, it's not really targeted goals and they can't give everyone individual attention, but you can kind of work at your own pace and do what you can do. And if the teacher notices you having problems or if you go ask the teacher, they'll give you advice and they'll help. And it's a way to start learning different exercises and getting used to doing it. Absolutely. I really love group fitness classes because there's that camaraderie that mm -hmm. builds up and it doesn't happen immediately. Yeah. You're going to walk into a group fitness class the first time and no matter what level you're at, no matter where you are, you're going to feel like the new kid in school. Yeah. You know, you're going to walk in, you're not going to know anybody, the, you know, instructor's probably going to ask you some questions and things like that. So give it, give it some time. And eventually, the best group fitness classes I've been in, at the end of a really hard workout, you feel like a group that's been into battle. Like, you just defeated the Viking horde together, and you just, yeah. like, all feel super accomplished. You're high-fiving, breathing hard, laying in puddles, making what, you know, <laughs> groups – sometimes in my classes, we'd make sweat angels on the floor, because <laughs> uh, why not? There's also that camaraderie that can yeah. build up in a group fitness class that you may not feel it the first time you – couple times you go. Yeah. So, you know, you might want to give it time to really, like, build that bond. Okay. I have a specific question for one of you two here. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Yikes. Okay. Um, what, what do people with absolutely no rhythm, like totally not myself, do in a situation like that? 
Because joking aside, like I used to do martial arts when I was a kid and I was held back from belt advancement because I could never get the katas down. Well, the answer they gave us in Zumba training is uh, Loretta Bates did my training and she said the important part about Zumba is not doing the moves correctly. It's coming and having fun moving for an hour. She said, I don't care what you do as long as you are enjoying yourself. And you are moving for an hour. Loretta tells the story of there's this one lady that comes to her class and just stands in the back corner and does her own thing for an hour. But she has a smile on her face and she's there (laughs) every class and she's having the time of her life. And Loretta's like, I've done my job. She's coming and enjoying herself. Mm -hmm. Awesome. I have no rhythm. I am. I'm so bad. I actually was in a band for a while and the director of the band actually was like, okay, Kimmy, don't clap. No clapping. <laughs> I was banned from clapping. Um, oh. But uh, I did a lot of the hit training and kind of CrossFit type workouts. I still do that. And you don't really need for them to do that. It's like, all right, you know, they put on the loud music and you just kind of go, you know, and do, you know, you're doing 30 of these in the next 60 seconds. And you kind of go at like whatever pace you do. And mm-hmm. you probably, I usually start faster and then slow down a little bit or start slow and then go faster if I'm planning well. But yeah, you don't. Really, you can find exercises that do not require rhythm. If you're looking for an answer for me, my answer would have been find something else to do because <laughs> it's it just I, I too I have zero, I have flat feet, I have incredibly bad balance, and I have you know like I said, one of my knees is bad. So the odds of me doing anything that requires extensive repetitive coordination are slim to none, and slim just left town. So I just focus on you know. That's why I basically just focus on lifting weights, the rowing machine, and then doing yoga when I can actually get around to doing it. I, I work within what my body will allow me to do. And the secret is the group fitness instructors make mistakes too. I have been on I have been on stage with friends who were teaching a class, and she has forgotten her own choreography and looked to see what I am doing. <laughs> I have forgotten a dance and looked to see what the person beside me is doing. In training, they said, you know, if you forget your choreography, look at your front row divas because they know your class better than you do. <laughs> and they will let you know if you do it wrong. That's, that's why great. I like hit, that's why I like hit classes. It's all yeah. written on the board. So if I forget, I'm like, what am I doing? All right, I'm doing setups. I got I remember that now. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> and I've seen my hit teacher like she'll skip a step and half the class will be like, You forgot one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'll say this, and this is advice I should take to heart, but if you're looking to start into fitness in the same way I am or have been the past few months, try something, but don't just try it once. Try a couple of times and then maybe Mm -hmm. try something else if it doesn't really click with you. It's okay to do that. And it's okay to say... I thought I would like this, but I don't. Right, like kickboxing. Yeah. Don't don't yeah. be miserable with your workout. There are five million things you can do to be active. There's one you will love. I tried yeah. jogging for ages, and I was just miserable doing it. Oh yeah, I hate running. I have to run for the Spartan, <laughs> but I hate yeah. it. Yeah, that's the worst. <laughs> uh, this is probably a good time to reiterate safety, especially yeah. because you're dealing with unfamiliar equipment. Be careful, take it easy, ask for help. Do not be afraid to ask for help or, hey, how do I use this? Yeah. Sometimes, you know, there are the stupid laughing gym rat guys uh, or girls, but there are also people who are super familiar with the equipment because they're there every day and they will be happy to make sure you're using it safely. And of course, the staff at any good gym does not want to see you hurt on their watch. Right. 
You know, mm-hmm. uh, the waiver you sign only goes so far. Yeah. If you are feeling neglected or if you're feeling like you're bothering somebody by asking questions, you're in the wrong place. You need to find somewhere else because you should never like the, the people who are there working at the gym or working at the class or at the LARP in charge of the sword play, stuff like that. Like that is their purpose for being there. If you're at a place where they are only there to serve themselves and show off what they can do. Find a different place because you will find them somewhere. There there will be the place that you find that everything will click. Just keep trying. I do want to move on. We've spent a lot of time on this and we have more to cover, although the next <laughs> few topics should, I think, go a little faster. If mm-hmm. only because we've covered them partially already. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> All right, folks, that wraps up the first half of our conversation with Chrissy, Kimmy, and Chris. Next episode, though, we'll be back with the second half discussing nutrition, sleep, stress reduction, willpower, and some ways to connect all of this back to the gaming table. Catch you then. This has been a production of Saving the Game. All episodes are produced and published under a Creative Commons 4.0 attribution, share-alike license. Our logo is by Ruben Smith Zimple of 3d6design.com. Our music is The Promised Place Beyond the Clouds by James Opie. You can find more of his music at nihilor.com. To hear our past episodes, to find syndication and license details, to connect with our fantastic listener community, or to contact us or support our show through Patreon, visit our website at stgcast.org or savingthegamepodcast.org. God bless, do good, and happy gaming.